T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's good, everybody? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. All sorts of fired up to be here. You guys have tons of options. I truly do appreciate you making us part of your day each and every day. Josh paid himself joining us from New York City uh, here to do some CBS work there to do some CBS work, but joining us nonetheless at 4:20 p.m. We've got your upset picks coming up at four o'clock this afternoon, my friends. We've got our high school athlete of the week today at 5:40 p.m. this afternoon. Along the way, Kelly Ford will also be joining us. Uh, I'm going to give you my upset pick. Um, Clemson is on a list this week that they absolutely should not be. And we invite you to kick a team out of a conference. That, my friends, and so much more coming your way between the hours of 3 and 7 p.m. today. Uh, Guys, also want to let you know that uh, had a cooking show extravaganza yesterday. Like, if you said to me, Mark, um, what sort of events would your bosses be okay with you missing work for and not missing work for? Um, listen, a cooking show would be like first on the list of things they wouldn't be okay with me missing work for. Uh, but as you guys know, we got a relationship, a great relationship with Ingalls. Ingalls requests us four times a year to do a cooking show. The bosses say yay. Uh, and so we were in a town called Mars Hill North Carolina yesterday. It's outside of Asheville. Never been there before. Gorgeous. Rolling hills, golden leaves. There's a college right in the middle of town. Uh, it was uh, had some um, Smoking Joe's barbecue food truck yesterday. We did our cooking show yesterday. And I was able to share with you guys uh, our first ever video. Okay, our first ever video that, that uh, Angela and I did together, my wife and I. And I posted it on Twitter. So if you would like to see our, our first ever cooking show video with Ingalls, the Ingalls table uh, recorded for television and now also on YouTube, uh, you can go to Mark Ryan on air and you'll see a little dish that we made. It's about a seven-minute video called Fruitcake Surprise because fruitcake sucks. Diesel, how did it go yesterday, man? You, Carlos, I took a quick look at the um, – at the text line, and it seems like 
the Duke's Mayo content is just the gift that keeps on giving, man. It just <laughs> so I, I I gather from this. I was just reading some of the text messages. Um, Carlos tried Duke's on the air for the first time in his life. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not. Um, it's not classically good content to just eat a sandwich live on the air. No, but that's that's what he did. And it worked, and the phone lines were lit up. The text line was lit up, and he started slow. Like, the first time he had it, he's like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't really think there's really that much to this. And then he gets deeper and deeper into the sandwich, and then he gets a bite with more mayonnaise, and he's like, oh, I get it now. I get it now. You guys were right. I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, listen, man. The Duke's Mayo content, uh, Carlos, that is winning content. You know, pay no attention to eating a sandwich on the air being bad content. That is that is great content because people in this area are incredibly proud of their Dukes. So, Carlos, thank you for being here yesterday. Diesel, great job as always, and fantastic to have you guys with us here today. Here's how you can chime in. 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. That's 844-326-3663. The carpro.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go on the show. So let us open with this. All right. Um, I keep seeing Clemson on a lot of lists this week. Uh, Clemson is going to be, Clemson is on upset alert. We're going to do our upset pick contest today. You guys know how it works, right? You pick an underdog, and if your underdog wins, you get the number of points that they were an underdog, right? And, like, I got Dan B. feverishly working on the the uh, updated upset pick standings as we speak. Uh, we got all this great stuff going on, right? And, you know, everyone's, okay, how big of an upset do I need here? Do I need a swing for the fences, or will a single or will a double do? I mean, Diesel, that's the best description for how to do this upset pick contest, right? Do I need a home run today? Do I need to swing for the fences? Because in baseball, what happens when you try to hit a home run? You strike out. If you try to make good contact, that is when you hit hit a home run. It works the exact same way in our upset picks contest. I have been going for singles, Diesel, and now I've hit three upset picks. I've hit three upset picks this year, Diesel. Uh, I, I, a couple weeks ago, I hit BYU over Texas Tech. Last week, I hit uh, NC State punking Miami at home. This week, uh, for the first time in a long time, I'm either, Diesel, I'm going for a, a double or a home run, okay? For the first time in a long time, I'm taking a little bit deeper cut, and I'm down to two, and my pick will be coming your way at 440 this after this afternoon. But Clemson is finding themselves on a list this week that I think is total hooey and total bunk. And I think we got way too many people that are falling in love with the conference standings right now. You open the page to the conference standings in the ACC, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and you see Clemson sitting there in 10th place in a 14-team league. You see Georgia Tech sitting there in third place. In a 14-team league. Well, and then you look at this point spread for this upcoming week, and it says to you, uh, I was looking at this earlier today, and I've been monitoring movement on this line, Clemson minus 14 points. And you scratch your head, and you're like, well, something's not adding up here. 
because Georgia Tech's in third place in the ACC and Clemson is in 10th place in the ACC. And you're telling me Clemson, who has been a bad ACC team this year, um, they're 14-point favorites. 14-point favorites. All right. Uh, Over Georgia Tech. And you're not buying it. True to form, Georgia Tech has about a 20% chance of winning this game. So as a 14-point underdog, one-fifth of 14 points is almost three points. That's not a bad, that's not a bad efficiency pick. But I don't know, guys. Like at this point, I have now watched uh I've watched Clemson Notre Dame twice. Okay. I saw it for the first time late Saturday night because Saturday during the day I was getting ready for the uh, CBS show. And then I saw it again last night, rewatched it. And here's what I took away, all right? Um, I got the sense, watching and re-watching Clemson-Notre Dame, that the Tigers have turned a corner and are riding a wave of momentum. And, you know, I, I understand the thought process. Well, they were up for Notre Dame, you know, and they're going to come crashing down. You know, they shot their shot against Notre Dame, and now they're going to come crashing down. And that's not the sense I got. Remember the Mighty Mighty Boston's? They had that song, The Impression That I Get. Uh, The impression that I got was that Clemson has turned a corner. Um, And that's not to say that every game is going to be great, but I do get the sense that Clemson is ready to be playing its best football of the season. Um, And with that being the case, I don't see Georgia Tech beating Clemson at Clemson, regardless of what the standings are in the ACC. Okay, now the Yellow Jackets do have a couple of halfway decent wins this year. They beat Miami when Miami was number 17. We have since known that Miami is a fraud. And remember that that wild and crazy finish where Miami only needed a knee. They didn't take a knee and Georgia Tech beat them. Georgia Tech essentially played Miami as close as Clemson did. Well, Mark Ryan, what are you saying? Georgia Tech won, Clemson lost. Yeah, but the game was roughly as close as the Clemson game, right? Georgia Tech was set to lose. Miami didn't take a knee. Clemson was set to beat Miami. Couldn't hold a lead in the fourth quarter. Game goes into overtime, right? I mean, those were very, very competitive games. I am going to give uh, Georgia Tech a huge tip of the cap for beating North Carolina 46 to 42. And then last week, Virginia was not close to the Yellow Jackets, was not even close. 45 to 17 was the final score. Uh, the tip of the cap to the Yellow Jackets came from the fact that they were plus three in the turnover column. No turnovers for the Yellow Jackets, three for the Virginia Cavaliers. That'll do it. Diesel. Agree or disagree? I mean, I think when we hit the upset picks today at 4 p.m., I, I, I predict we're going to see, especially from our Gamecock fan contingent, quite a few uh, Clemson picks with Georgia Tech as the upset. Should Clemson uh, – is this a game where you Clemson is on upset alert here? What do you think? Well, I think every game Clemson is on upset alert because they've lost games that they shouldn't have lost this year. Uh, Georgia Tech is scoring an awful lot of points. Now, granted, they're not doing it against a Clemson-caliber defense. Don Munson said so much, said as much on the show yesterday. Uh, but Georgia Tech can score against a lot of different opponents. 
Uh, it all depends on what Clemson comes out offensively. Are we going to get first half of Notre Dame Clemson, which was stellar? Are we going to get second half, which was awful? I did. I looked it up, Mark. Five straight punts, a fumble, and a turnover on downs. That was Clemson's final seven possessions. Five straight punts, a fumble, and a turnover on downs. This offense is not anywhere near where anyone thinks it's going to be and be with this inflated mindset over, over last week. It's not there. Clemson got incredibly lucky, played well in the first half. Uh, that, that muff punt against Notre Dame, that helped a lot to get that team going. Um, is Clemson on – would I say it's a lock? No. Uh, would I say it's, uh, it's something that should make Clemson fans nervous? Yeah, it absolutely should because you don't know which team is coming out. And you know what else, Diesel? I think football on a level, like baseball, the game of baseball can be as simple or complex as you want it to be, right? You can go out and see ball, hit ball, right? Uh, Or you can break it down to the percentage of times uh, a batter gets a hit facing a slider to the outside corner versus a curveball to the inside corner. Right um, there, there are uh, and the analytics that legislated the stolen base out of the game. Statistically, it's not a smart play. Right, it can be as simple or as complex as you want it to be. The game of football is not all that dissimilar, but for Clemson, the formula is really, really this. You know, with that defense, brother, you don't turn the ball over, and you either win the game or you're in the game against anybody, against Michigan against Georgia, against Alabama, against Ohio State, against Oregon, against Washington. With that defense, you don't turn the ball over, and you're in it to win it, right? So it comes down to that for me. You know, if if you tell me, okay, Mark, it's the third quarter and uh, Clemson is minus two in the turnover margin, uh, ugh, upset alert was right. Upset alert was right, and Phil Maffa did have the fumble. It always amazes me, Diesel. Like, it doesn't seem as though fumbling propensity has anything to do with size and strength. You know what I'm saying? Because Mafa is is one of the more intimidating specimens I've ever seen. It's, it's the discipline like, to, to keep that arm tight. clenched yep. and high and tight yep. all the way through a play. High and tight, man. Can you do it? Can you do it? Uh, check on the carpro.com text line. Uh... Diesel, that first text, is that safe to read? The first text that we got on the show today? <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Uh, Mark, can we agree that this Michigan story is now officially sucks? This Michigan story now officially sucks? I, I think so. What do you think, Diesel, that first text? Eh, probably not. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Funny, though. Yeah, it is funny. Funny texter. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. I hope Will Shipley is still injured for Clemson's sake. That's not very classy, Texter. That's not very classy at all. Best thing that happened to Clemson was Tyler in Spartanburg and Shipley getting hurt. Oof. This guy is uh, not earning any any brownie points with the Shipley family today. That's for sure. Uh, Georgia Tech has only scored less than 30 one time this year. You ready for this, Texter? They're going to score less than 20 on Saturday. And they scored 34 and 46 against Louisville and UNC. Money is on Georgia Tech to cover. I'm not saying it's not on Georgia Tech to cover, but it's on it's on Clemson to win. 
Texter says, Mark, Clemson is uh, Klubnik, Cade Klubnik, is prone to throwing it to the wrong color jerseys, and Maffa is notorious for having Butterfingers. Butterfinger is an all-time top five Halloween candy. That's too late, right? It's eight days ago. Uh, but the rambling wreck is going to prey on that. So says Mongo. Mongo is prepping us for Georgia Tech, his upset pick. He's going to be wrong. Uh, Texter says, UNC fan here. Hate Clemson and despise them, but need them to beat Georgia Tech for my heels and for us to win out. Need Louisville to lose and Georgia Tech to win. Not bad. Not bad, Texter. I mean, I, I understand. I feel you. All right, guys. Should Clemson be actually on upset alert this week? What do you think? Should they be on upset alert? I say absolutely, positively, no. Heck no. All right? In the end, it's Clemson and it's Georgia Tech. Sometimes, folks, all you have to do is say it out loud. All right? The formula is play defense, have Cade Klubnik be the game manager, and do not let, you can let the bodies hit the floor, but do not let the balls hit the floor. Kelly Ford joins us next. This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we are the Fan Upstate. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Fantastic to have you guys with us. All right, joining us right now as he does every single day at this particular time, it is the man, the myth, the legend himself from thelines.com. It is none other than Kelly Ford of K Ford Ratings. Uh, and uh, that, my friends, is what is here right now. Kelly Ford, good afternoon. I appreciate it. How are you, sir? 
Hey, Mark. I'm doing well. How are you today? Well, buddy. Well, well, well. So, uh, Kelly, what what was it about Clemson Notre Dame that didn't make sense to a lot of us that follow that follow the sport day in and day out? Uh, we we didn't understand. You know, my score was Notre Dame 31, Clemson 13. Diesel said Notre Dame 24, Clemson 10. This seemed like a game where Vegas swung and missed, but why did they end up being accurate? I'm, you know, I've watched that game now a couple of times. I still kind of can't believe what I'm seeing. The variance in performance from Clemson home and away, week in to week out. Yeah, Mark. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. The variance of home versus road for Clemson and just the surprise performance that Clemson had, you know, coming off two straight losses, granted both of them close, but Notre Dame was playing really, really well um, on their, on their side as well. So it was definitely kind of out of left field. It was, you know, the, the lowest point that Clemson could have been at maybe. And we talk about the peaks and the valleys, you know, the highest you have a team power rated, the lowest you have a team power rated Notre Dame was kind of reaching that peak and Clemson has certainly reached that Valley. And so uh, the law of averages does say that you're going to bounce back and either regress or progress to the mean here on either side of that. But it's a it's quite the art trying to figure out exactly when that bounce back happens versus when the slide or the climb continues. And it was an interesting game. Clemson certainly uh, played like we haven't seen them play in quite some time. And Notre Dame really, really struggled uh, on the road, as they have done um, a time or two this year as well. So it was an interesting game. And, man, did Clemson fans need that and did Dabo need that. And I know he had some interesting post-game comments, too. Buy all that stock you can, he says. And uh, we'll see. Um, I still have concerns, you know, long-term about – what does the Clemson program look like in this current environment of college football? But it was, without a doubt, a great win for Clemson on Saturday. Kelly, what does your model say about James Madison compared to the relative strength of the Sun Belt as a whole? Mark has tried to rub my nose in it a couple times, and he said that it makes the Sun Belt look bad for James Madison to come right in and, to this point, run the table. So what do you see in your model about the Dukes? So, James Madison is a really, really good football team, Diesel. And um, I can understand where, where Mark's coming from in terms of, you know, the new kid on the block is having success right away. And I, and I get that to a certain extent. But well, wait a minute, James wait Madison. a minute. Kelly, Kelly, time out, time out here. Um, what I want to say is, what, like, it, it says to me that the very, very top of the FCS, right, might actually be, and, and where do you have James Madison power rated right now, Kelly? And I want you to get right back now- to Diesel's question, but where are they? Yeah, for sure. Right now, James Madison is power rated number 43 for me in all of FBS. So even though they're in the top 25, you're not looking at, you know, what is deserved and merit. You're looking at actually how good they are relative to other teams around them. It just might be the case that top five teams in the FCS, the Furman and the North Dakota States, are actually, you know, at the level of like a Florida Gators or at the level of maybe better than South Carolina. I mean, is... To, back to Diesel's point is, is Kelly, is that where we're at with teams like this? Yes, Mark. Um, and and to, to Diesel, to your point, they are my number one power rated team in the Sun Belt. They have the number one offense and the number one defense in that Sun Belt East. They would be the favorites in the Sun Belt East, of course, if they were if they were eligible for the Sun Belt Championship game and for postseason play. I know there's a petition circulating from James Madison. We'll see uh, where that goes, if anywhere. But um, Mark, to your question, absolutely. Uh, the top of the FCS is not just, you know, okay. The top of the FCS is really, really good. And if we're 
looking at this year at South Dakota State. This South Dakota State team right now, I have with my FCS light model, if they were an FBS team, I would have South Dakota State power rated inside the top 25. I mean, wow. if, I go to my, if I go to my power ratings right now, they would be somewhere around, you know, Utah, SMU, Missouri, North Carolina. Like, that's how good my FCS light model thinks South Dakota State is this year. And James Madison was having kind of maybe not that level of success, but they were certainly on the upper echelon of FCS before they made the transition. And it's great to see them having this much success. And I'm excited for this program uh, once they get through their transition period because – as we've talked about before, the Sun Belt could be well on their way to being the best, quote, group of five or whatever we end up calling that uh, moving forward. They could be the best co- group of five conference as the American continues to kind of get plucked from from the Power Five and these Sun Belt programs really continue to, to, to get better. I'd love to see the bottom of the Sun Belt get better. Like, they probably need the, the bottom to get better. But the top, my goodness, the top's as good as any other top of the G5s. So that's so that's interesting. I think it kind of uh, uh, debunks Mark's point that the Sun Belt isn't as good because you have them rated uh, at or close to the top of your Group of Five conferences. While we're while you you brought it up, your FCS light model. Is there anything you can tell us about our local team here, the Furman Paladins? Uh, I unfortunately am not at my computer right now, which is where I have my my FCS model uh, located. But I can certainly tweet back at you guys at the show here in a few minutes when I get to my computer where I have Furman power rated in the FCS light model. Kelly, um, what? Why is Ohio State your number one team? And I, I'm curious if you agree with your model there, because um, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, and I'm curious where you come out on this. Like this resume argument drives me crazy. We don't have 300 data points, Kelly. We have nine. You can make every effort to have a good resume. And, you know, you might schedule um, James Madison during a year where they're really good. You might schedule them in a year where they're not. And so I just, you know, like, okay, if you want to say, well, Ohio State has the best victories, great. Uh, You're not saying that. The playoff committee is saying that. But whenever I've watched them play – I don't see a team that I believe is capable of winning the national championship. So, Mark, it's uh, it's a good question. It's a fair question, and they are number one of my most deserving. Ohio State is not number one in my power ratings. That belongs to Michigan. But as I'm evaluating resumes, and as you said, we don't not everybody plays everybody. There's not enough weeks in the year for us to do that in college football. We understand that. So, what we can try to do though is view every single team's schedule through a common lens. And I agree with you that, hey, there's scheduling luck involved here. Teams that you thought were going to be good when you scheduled them five, ten years ago are not good. Or teams that you thought were going to be a cupcake when you scheduled them four years ago ended up having a great year in the year that you happen to be playing them. So that is absolutely at play here, and there's very little we can do about that other than something I've pushed for for a while – Stop scheduling games so far out. We proved during COVID you can schedule games on as little as one week's notice. And I'm not suggesting that that become a normal practice. Like that, That's not logistically ideal. But we can do things differently, and we don't have to schedule games out 10, 15, 20 years in advance. We can do scheduling a little bit smarter, and I'm hoping that in the new conference realignment world, we see a little bit of that in the non-conference slate as well. But to answer your question, Mark, of why Ohio State number one, I'm looking at, as you as you normalize every team's schedule and view it through the common lens of the average top 25 team and say, how is your record against your schedule relative to what would be expected of the average top 25 team against your schedule? Right now, Mark, if I'm looking at it, 
Ohio State's number one in my record achievement metric, there's only a 2.5% chance that the average top 25 team would be 9-0 and against the schedule that Ohio State has played. That's number one in the country. The top five for me in that metric, Ohio State, Washington, Florida State, Alabama, and Texas. Those are the top five teams that have achieved the most relative to expected against their schedule. But that's not the only component that I'm looking at with building resumes. You're also looking at relative scoring margin. So for a team like Michigan, okay, you really haven't played anybody. No one can really debate that. But how have you performed, Michigan, against that schedule, even though it's a schedule of nobody's? Michigan's number one in my relative scoring margin metric. And what that's looking at is Michigan's outscoring its opponents by 15.3 points per game more that would be expected of the average top 25 team against Michigan's schedule. So, again, you're not going to punish Michigan in this metric for not playing anybody. Where they would be punished is if, if they're not beating them by enough relative to what we'd expect. Well, Michigan's doing that. They're number one in that, in that category. I have Oregon number two, Penn State three, Ohio State four, and Florida State five. I mash those two things together. They're not equally weighted, but I mash those things together. That's how I get most deserving, and that's how you get Ohio State coming out number one as we evaluate the resumes to date. Kelly, according to your model, which of the top teams, you can say 10, 15, 20, however you want to categorize this, is the most one-sided as a team? Like, you know, one team's got an elite offense, but a weak defense, or a weak offense and an elite defense. Wow, yeah, that's a good question, uh, Diesel. Let me see here as I roll through. Um, Washington's State. one of them. Washington's <laughs> one of them. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm getting there, Mark. Let me see here. Penn State, as I pull up, let me pull up Washington first. So for Washington, yeah, absolutely, Mark. You're spot on. They're number four offense for me. They're number 37 defense for me, which, again, that's that's not bad. But when you're talking about the elite upper echelon of college football, having a team that, you know, is in the top 10, top 15 in the power ratings, um, you'd expect them to not have a side of the ball that that's that low. Penn State's another one. I've got the defense number four. The offense is number 22. So, again, not bad in that regard. Um I don't have broken out in front of me the, the offensive defense split, so I'm trying to flash between the dashboards here quickly. Those are the two that would probably stick out um, the most at this point in time. With Washington, Mark, is a great example, a team that you know is outside the top 35 on one side. None of these others are really doing that. Um, the most drastic, of course, that you're going to see in all of college football is going to be a team like Iowa, who has the number two defense overall and the number 122 offense, which is just absolutely ridiculous. USC is not far behind, you know, mid-80s in defense for the, the top two offense. Offense. So, um, yeah, I'll go with Washington, Mark. That was a great call. I'll go with Washington for the teams at the top there. Kelly Ford joining us here. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. All right, Kelly, can I get a guesstimation from you on the odds that Clemson is going to run the table the rest of the way? Georgia Tech, yeah. North Carolina, and at South Carolina. All right. Uh, Georgia Tech is a trendy upset pick this week. I don't see it. I don't think Clemson should be on upset alert, but, you know, look, this is a very Jekyll and Hyde team. Uh, they play different at home than they do on the road. They get Georgia Tech. They get North Carolina at home, but South Carolina, final game of the year, is on the road. What are the odds Clemson finishes 8-4, and four, Kelly? The odds of Clemson finishing 8-4 and four here in the regular season now, Mark, is up to 35%. Um, the numbers have changed significantly 
following the win against Notre Dame, a win that the numbers didn't, the model did not expect Clemson to get, a 32% chance to win that game. They did, and in doing so, they improved their power rating by about one full point. I mean, that's pretty good movement for this late into the year. Um, so, so the model upgraded Clemson a point. Because of that, their projections here and because of the, their opponent's projections or their opponent's power ratings, the projections have been updated to 35%. We're looking at, you know, 82% chance to win this week against Georgia Tech. 62% chance to win at home against North Carolina. My model makes that right now about Clemson minus four. And then to close the year on the road, hey, it's going to be a really tough game. It's a tough environment. It's a rivalry game. You can you can kind of discount the model a little bit in these situations. I fully admit that. But the model does right now like Clemson by about six and a half against South Carolina on the road. That's a 69% chance to win. So put it all together, and now you're looking at a 35% chance at eight and four, Mark. So uh, projections are improved for Clemson, as you'd expect following the great winning against Notre Dame. At K Ford Ratings on Twitter, Kelly, uh, what have you learned about your model this year that you foresee leading to a tweak next year? I think the thing, Diesel, that I continue to – I do the holistic review um, in, in, in the summer every single year or in the, in the spring leading into the summer, and I'll continue to do that. It's hard for me to dive too deep into the intricacies of the model during the year because I'm trying to pump out as much content as I can, and so – time to actually review and study it is for later. But what I will say for right now is I look at really the teams that I've missed the most on. And so if I look at my kind of over and underachievers list, who is doing way better than I expected with regard to win-loss record, who's doing way worse, the teams that kind of stand out to me, I mean, Jacksonville State, just like James Madison did last year, Jacksonville State standing out to me this year. I think I can continue to learn and improve on the FCS to FBS transition, and that's not going to affect a ton of teams. Kennesaw State will do it next year, and there's nobody else as far as I'm tracking on the horizon in the future. So it's not going to have a major impact, but overall the model's performing very, very well this year. It's got a great absolute air, um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with what the model is doing. The little tweaks that need to be made are kind of on the, the edges, just trying to smooth the those things out and the FCS to FBS transition continues to be a rough edge that I'm working on. Um, it's actually gotten much better dealing with the transfer portal this year. It's performing better with the teams that had high transfer um, uh, uh, transfer volume this year compared to last. Of course, USC was, was the miss last year, but uh, for as much as Colorado started the year great, and I was like, oh, man, maybe I was too low. They've really kind of come back to more where I expected them to be in the preseason. So um, I'd say continuing to learn on transfers and that FCS to FBS transition, Diesel. Kelly Ford joining us here on the show. Uh, how about now a look at uh, South Carolina? Now, what uh, we do expect a Gamecock win this week over Vanderbilt. What are the odds pointing to for Kentucky at home and then uh, and then Clemson at home? Uh, now, you know, Gamecock fans are really down and out right now, Kelly, admittedly so. But I've seen quite a few analytics that give the Gamecocks a real shot now that they've gotten by and survived Jacksonville state to perhaps be on a three game winning streak heading into Clemson. Could I get from you, Kelly, the odds that South Carolina cumulatively beats Vanderbilt and Kentucky. Okay. Having already beaten Jacksonville state, the odds that they beat Kentucky and Vanderbilt and enter the Clemson game playing for bowl eligibility with a record of five and six what would those odds be, and what are their odds against Kentucky at home? Yep, absolutely, Mark, and I'll out myself as I'm doing the calculation really quickly. No, no problem. My, 
my my money line upset pick of the week last week was actually your listeners probably won't yeah. like it was Jacksonville State. <laughs> uh, it, it, I felt okay about it late in the game. Uh, South Carolina, of course, uh, the model pr- projected them to win. Again, uh, you're playing with uh, probabilities there and trying to get expected value. Um, so it didn't work out last week for that formula. But okay, here we go. My numbers right now give South Carolina an 83% chance to beat Vanderbilt and a 48% chance to beat Kentucky. So when you put those two things together, Mark, you're looking at about a 40% chance that South Carolina has bowl eligibility on the line final week of the regular season against their rival Clemson coming to town um, in a game that Clemson's going to be looking for revenge. Clemson could be, you know, looking for something too in terms of salvaging this season, but a 40% chance that South Carolina rolls uh, or gets the home game against Clemson at five and six with bowl eligibility on the table. Still, my numbers right now give them a 12% chance to finish the year three and zero here and reach that six and six mark, which is so important. All right. So Michigan and Penn state this coming weekend, what do we make of the Nittany lions, right? Uh, they're three and 16 under James Franklin against top 10 teams, but they were underdogs in all but one of those games. So, you know, to me, Franklin is a coach that, you know, if if third place in the Big Ten is good enough for you, you've got the right head coach. If not, Kelly, you might need a different one. He wins the games he's supposed to win and loses the game he's supposed to lose. I saw Josh Pate go on a rant about how you can't call him overrated because that shows a lack of understanding for what overrated means. But he's not he's not able to elevate Penn State above bridesmaid status unless he wins this one against Michigan. What do your numbers say? That's exactly right, Mark. And I have talked about this at length this week with various outlets. So I'll kind of summarize my thoughts down into this. My numbers right now make it Michigan minus one only. So I'm a, I'm a little bit higher wow. on Penn State or lower on Michigan, depending on how you want to look at it, probably a combination of the two than Vegas is. So there's a few things at play here. This Michigan, or excuse me, this Penn State defense is really, really good. It's a top five unit. Now, Michigan's a really good team. They're number one in my power ratings. They're top. They're the number one defense in the entire country. They're a top five offense. So the question for me in this game, before I get to James Franklin, is will Drew Aller and the Penn State offense, which I currently have number 22, be able to score enough points? against this Michigan defense, which is really, really good, the best in the country. They were not able to do so in the only other game this year in which they did not have the talent advantage in the game. Of course, that game would be against Ohio State. Now, that one was on the road, but they only managed one touchdown Penn State offense did, and it was late in the fourth quarter, if you remember. So can they do enough at home on the offensive side of the ball to keep up and stay in this game? My numbers suggest that they should be able to and to keep it close at least. I think the fact that it's in Happy Valley is huge. Now, for the James Franklin, I agree, Mark, that bridesmaid status seems to be what it is year in and year out. But I also agree with what Josh Pate has said about, yeah, but if you're beating the teams you're supposed to, or you're beating the teams you're supposed to and losing teams you're not, you're properly rated. You're not overrated if you're doing that. You're overrated if you're losing to the teams that you should be beating. For James Franklin, the narrative reminds me a little bit of what Jim Harbaugh's narrative was before Hmm. Jim Harbaugh was able to knock off Ohio State or beat Michigan State. In other words, before Jim Harbaugh was cheating, before he was cheating. Okay, yeah, I mean, now that's coming out. You can make the case for that. My point is overarching. If you're the narrative is the narrative until it changes. Right. And so this is a big opportunity for James Franklin to change that. And once it changed for Jim Harbaugh, it hasn't changed back. Now, again, 
sign stealing notwithstanding and all, all the allegations there. But my, th- the larger point, I think, remains valid. And another thing to keep in mind here, Mark, starting next year, the Big Ten is doing away with their division. Penn State will no longer face Ohio State and Michigan every single year. I think that's very important. They're still going to get them some years. They could still match up in the Big Ten championship. But in a 12-team playoff era, Penn State's going to be in the mix for a playoff spot every single year. Penn State's going to make the playoff 50% of the year, if not more, in my opinion, under James Franklin. To me, that's probably good enough for the Penn State administration, and, and I would hope the fans, but who knows? You're in the playoffs. You win a couple of games in there. Who knows? Those are all one-offs. Anything can happen. But I agree with you. He has not had enough success against the top teams at this point. This is a huge opportunity for him to change that. It's at home. I'm sure Penn State fans wish it was a wideout, but it is big noon kickoff on Fox, um, so that potentially helps Michigan just the timing of the game. Kelly, in case you hadn't heard it, James Franklin definitely Threw some uh, threw some shade at Jim Harbaugh in his press conference yesterday, where he said, Ooh. "We're only going to be studying the game film that we've been provided. That's all that we're going to study about Michigan is the game film that we've been given." Oh man, I did not hear or see that, but <laughs> my goodness, we are ruffling feathers, boys. It's that time of year. That's uh, hey, you know what? Everyone's taking their shots, and uh, I, I'm not saying they're wrong to do so. If if what Michigan is alleged to have done is true. It's very serious, and there will be repercussions. But for the time being, there's a big, big game on Saturday, and uh, they have a chance to settle on the field, hopefully, with uh, everyone playing by the same rules. Great stuff, Kelly Ford, as always. Thanks so much, pal. Be sure to get me your upset pick when you can. Yes, sir. You got it, Mark. Appreciate you and Diesel always. You guys have a good one. All right. Take care. Kelly Ford, K Ford Ratings. Great stuff, as always. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. I'm going to tell you exactly why. I'm picking who I'm picking. That's all I'm going to reveal right now, plus a pop quiz for Diesel next here on Offside. I'm focused on all the stuff I see on film. That's that's what we're focused on is all the stuff that we see on film, their players, their scheme, um, all the stuff, when I say see on film, what we see on the, the coach's copy of the film, the stuff that's going on between the sidelines, the, the 53 and a third, that, that's what we're focused on. Three different times, James Franklin said, we're focused on what we can see on film, on the coach's film. You telling me that's not a veiled shot at Jim Harbaugh? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> That absolutely is a shot at Jim Harbaugh. And right now is your shot to win two tickets to go see the Furman Paladins this Saturday uh, as they take on the VMI Keydets, a home game in Traveler's Rest. You could win a pair of tickets to this week's game, plus you'll have a shot at the grand prize, which is a parking pass, pregame on-field access, video board recognition, and four club passes. And as we're doing this right here at the end of the hour, Let's go ahead and open up the phone lines right now. Caller number four at 844-326-3663. 844-326-3663. A surprise ticket drop. Chance for you to win Furman and VMI tickets. Absolutely the case, my friends. And we are getting very, very close to your upset pick contest of the week. Uh, also, in the 4 o'clock hour, I have got some handy-dandy numbers in front of me. I've cracked, some, cracked the research code, and I've got a new formula to win the national championship in college football 
that I need to make you guys aware of. Okay, that is coming up in the four o'clock hour right now. A check on the carpro.com text line where a texter says, Mark, Clemson's offense generated nine points once you don't give them the pick six and the punt muff 20 yards from the end zone. 20 turnover-free points from G-Tech might be enough on Saturday. Uh, so that is what one texter says. A lot of people highlighting Clemson's misgivings. Yeah, yeah, okay, but the defense is great. So the formula is just don't turn the ball over. Win the game, right? Texter says, I <laughs> – this texter, you admitted something that, that you shouldn't admit, so I'll admit something that I shouldn't admit. How about that? Texter says, Mark, I eat Duke's mayonnaise – Right out of the jar sometimes. Not saying I'm proud of it, but I definitely do it. <laughs> Texter, I have Hanson Mbop on my playlist. How about that? But look at you and me together. Both admitting things that we should never admit on the air. Okay? The most embarrassing track that I have on my playlist. I also have Britney Spears' Toxic. You're toxic, I'm slipping under. These are things that I should not admit on the air. But here I am. What am I doing and why? Great to see everybody on the YouTube channel today as well. We're having a fun time growing this thing, man. If you have not subscribed already, please do so. And coming up next on the show, it is time, my friends, for the Upset Pick Contest. Uh, updated standings and so much more all coming your way here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.